0: And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: This is the Vencast Studio Collection.
2: Welcome, welcome to episode 24 of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo here with Guy. What's up Guy? Yo, yo, what up? So, episode 24. We got Bobby Jackson, Hubert Davis, Tom Chambers, Richard Jefferson.
1: and a 17-time NBA All-Star, the third-highest scorer in NBA history, the 2008 MVP, two-time NBA Finals MVP, five-time NBA champion, a 6 guard from Lower Merion High School where he won the title in 1996, number 24, Kobe
2: Bryant, <laughs> the Black Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant. So, oh man, you got it. This is a ridiculous picture for our doc. I'm, I'm sorry that our, our, our fans can't see this, but I, I absolutely love this. Absolutely love this. So, hopefully, we could share this later. So, man the games this week i contend they might be some of the best games of the entire season so you know what we're just going to we're going to go right into it we have to go right into it there's no other option so we are going to go right into gameplay so 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 we're going to go So, you know what? We called it last week too. We called it on our RTP Game of the Week. Right. RTP Game of the Week. This is Cleveland Cleveland versus Washington and we just we basically saw a surging Washington going into this and they did not disappoint. They did not disappoint. This game did not disappoint. So, geek, can you kind of break down what happened in this game? Yeah, absolutely. This is kind
1: of setting the stage for the postseason and Eastern Conference, in my opinion, potentially Eastern Conference Finals. Kind of saying it in a in a weird dark horse way. I feel like Washington has all the assets possible to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this season. Yeah. Wall is stating like his his presence is known in the NBA. And leading up into this game They had a 17 home game win streak. They had a seven or eight game win streak in in general, and they were primed for this game. They were amped. They were telling all the media, saying, This is the most, you know.
2: Potent game of their NBA careers, yeah, regular season wise. But don't you love this? Yes. I, I just, just, yes. just because I love this because usually in other sports, you don't see those playoff caliber games until playoffs. The NBA, there's a couple of games that happen during the season that just show us what's to come, and this was one of those games. Usually that happens around April. Yeah, in like late March. And it's this is, this February. <laughs> I know. It's February. This I know, is man. this is our Valentine's gift as an NBA. F- I'm in love. I'm as in an love. NBA fan, so oh man. So there's obviously you talked about Wall. You know, obviously there's just been tremendous impact from other players. Uh, you know, the whole roster, man. Mm-hmm. Like
1: Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, Marcin Gortat, Kelly Oubre Jr. Even has thrown meaningful minutes out there, and you know they might have a an issue at backup point guard, but that's their only weak link. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem because Wall's playing 35, 40 minutes and they have, you know, Beal and I guess a little bit of Trey Burke to play spot minutes. But in this game specifically, the RTP game of the week, we had Cleveland in overtime over Washington, 140 to 135. And it was, it was jaw-dropping how amazing this game was. This game, unlike our other previous RTP games of the week, had a playoff pace to it. Where they're they're not chucking threes. Mm-hmm. They're playing a, f- a full shot clock, and it's a three. It's a Corvert three. It's a Beal three. It's a Porter three. Mm-hmm. And it's not just
2: chucking. You know, like I may have said that already, but they weren't just chucking. No, it's it was it's set up. It's, yes. it's well constructed. They're they're running an offense in which they they know that they can go ahead. So it's just like it was just so much fun to watch. And the best
1: part, man, was just the plays. The plays, upon the plays, upon the plays. So it's like, it's not just one team doing it all. It's the back and forth. Sure. We had Love with an outlet pass that was just incredible. Oh. We had LeBron throwing 17 downs. We had, you know, Beal going off for 41. But we had LeBron going off for 32. We had Porter being basically unstoppable from three, but then we had Kyle Korver going like 70% from three. <laughs> it's
2: just unfair. So I got to say one thing about Korver. Korver coming up to be on this team, it's it just makes it seem unfair. Yeah. Like when Korver doesn't go off every game, but when Korver goes off, he can go off. He can score. He can go for 20, 25 in a game, yeah. you know, from the bench. I mean, that's, that is amazing. Amazing. And what a shooter, man. <laughs> just, I know, seriously. And just incredible.
1: So... I mean, there's more to it, though. There's The stories leading up to the game on Cleveland's side was Mm -hmm. that there's some a little bit of turmoil. They need a playmaker. They need some additional help uh, to rest LeBron because LeBron's leading the league in minutes. And love is on the brink of maybe being traded. There was some speculation, and he just curbed that to rest. And maybe LeBron played
2: the management's hand by saying, you know, you can't trade love after a performance like this, you know? Of of course, but I, I think the thing is, like... I think that's just this this stretch of the year in which LeBron kind of goes into that. And we talked about that on on a little bit of our previous episodes, but you know, I think they're back. This charges up both teams, gets everybody motivated. I got I got to talk about it for one second. The, the end play to go into OT is is my play of the year so far. Just oh, yeah. it's basically it's love dumping it. He's He's just chucking it overhand. He should be like an NFL quarterback with what he's doing there. Cleveland needs one, too. Yeah. <laughs> but he's chucking it. Basically, Le- LeBron... What what does he chuck it? Like, down like uh, three quarters of the court. And LeBron catches it, does like a turnaround three-pointer, like going off the court and, and banking it. He yeah. doesn't call the bank, by no, the way. No. So, otherwise, otherwise, it may be the definitive play of the year. But he sinks that to bring it into OT. And... Boy, when I watched OT on this game, Kyrie Irving, like his three point shooting just brought me back to the finals last year. It it absolutely yeah. did. And
1: his signature game, like in the game seven of the playoffs yeah. of the finals. Yeah. And he just basically was echo performance of that in the fourth in the fourth quarter in overtime.
2: What do you have? Like nine or ten points in OT? Well, OT yeah. It was just like he wasn't playing that well in the rest of the game, but he stepped it up and is really, really <laughs> driving Cleveland at the end of that game. His crossover maneuvers, I, I haven't watched that much Kyrie. I've watched you know, I've watched some Cleveland, but watching Kyrie and, like especially his crossovers in this game as well as in the game versus OKC, it's just it's stupid, man. He's got <laughs> yeah. his Uncle Drew maneuvers are just are, are just killing me. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I'm gonna do something impromptu here, Gee. Sure. What what game what game or games do you think can actually hold up to this from a rivalry standpoint this season as we as we look forward we're getting into all-star break who who might we speculate might have a might have an epic game in the regular season before we're done like a matchup yeah matchup a matchup probably spurs warriors i think a spurs a spurs golden state Towards the end of the season, I think it, it could have some of that excitement. Maybe to Clippers, it. Warriors. <laughs> I'm not. Well, Clippers at full strength and Warriors. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll this ca- game had everything we'll, for for me. Yeah, we we'll, you know?
2: we'll continue we'll continue to think about that. I also think. I also think there's a, a dogfight game from Miami somewhere in here as yeah. they as they look to kind of get into the 8th seed. So, I think we could see some really really stellar basketball even towards the bottom of the East. Sure, sure. I mean, we're going to see some garbage ball towards the bottom of the East, but I think there's definitely in Miami and towards towards the rest of the bottom there is something yet to come. All right. So, let's go into a couple other games over the last week. I am br- I'm bringing up a game, so this is kind of the antithesis of what the last game that we, we <laughs> that, that we had with uh, with Cleveland and Washington. This was Memphis versus San Antonio. and where were these teams? like they put play- this is the game from uh, from two six. and Memphis, neither Memphis nor San Antonio really showed up in this game at all. It's an eighty nine seventy four win. The Spurs only scoring 74 is concerning, but it didn't... I think Kawhi was out for a quad, some sort of quad injury in this game. But 74 from the Spurs, that, I don't know. But it's it's hard to kind of read into what's actually going to happen with the Spurs because Pop does whatever Pop wants to do. So, so this may not be a sign of things to come, but it was, it was abysmal shooting from both sides. I, I think we're like 40%. And one of the things, as I looked into the box score on this game, the top scorers in this game weren't even the starters. Yeah. They they were, they were riding the pine with us. So.
1: <laughs> the big takeaway for me was Lamarcus Aldridge getting blocked by Vince Carter twice. <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge, your max player, Lamarcus Aldridge, getting blocked by a forty year old. <laughs> Like, happy birthday, Vince Carter.
2: (laughs) Happy birthday. Was this the game in which Vince Carter did the 360 uh, layup? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. It's just a throwback. It's just sticking it to LMA. Welcome. Thank you, Vince Carter. I, I haven't seen a 360 layup since I watched N1 mixtape, man. <laughs> right. um,
1: we had a couple this week, though. We had
2: an Depot one, too. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, I don't need to get that much into that, but I was kind of shocked, so that's the reason why I brought that up as a potential game of the week here. Yeah. Um, the next game, though, I believe had kind of that higher level aspect to it. And this is the Thunder versus the Cavs. This was our, our you know NBA Thursday game. Yeah, NBA Thursday game. So uh, Thunder Thunder beat the Cavs 118-109. Westbrook has a triple double in this game. Adam Adams and Oladipo kind of go off in this game. Yeah. I, th- I think Oladipo had maybe like 23, Adams had like 20. Yeah, I, around I, there. I Westbrook had what 30ish, 29, 30ish on this game. Yeah. But, you know what? The Thunder beating the Cavs is not something I w- I I believe I predicted. I think I I went Cleveland on this kind of just making an obvious move like, "Oh, oh, Cleveland, you know what? OKC is good, but they're not good enough on this." So, uh, any yeah. any other thoughts kind of on this game? Yeah, Cleveland
1: stars were somewhat absent outside of Irving and um I think they had a really sweet performance by Corver and others, but uh, and Thompson, but um, it was a close game throughout the whole game, and it was kind of a really fun back and forth, and then all of a sudden, it just blew wide open with a couple minutes left in the game, and we were just wondering, where Cleveland's at? Where's Cleveland's head at, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not, they're not playing any, they're not calling any plays, they're not just kind of letting Kyrie, Kyrie do iso, and then... Westbrook with, like, back-to-back steals was hilarious. And, like, even Steel Depot got one, too. And just, like, sealing the game away. James, and, and you know you're in trouble when people like Obrinus and people that are no-names dunk on you, you know? Like, you, you, definitely, you And Oladipo
2: does a 360 layup. You, know you're, you definitely you're know when like, that happens. James in this game in particular went, what? Eight for nineteen. Yeah. He only had eighteen points. I mean, eighteen points is still a a performance, but from James, that's that is wildly underperforming. Speaking of
1: wildly underperforming, they had their debut of their um, their ten uh, day contract, Derek Williams. <laughs> a caged lion. He
2: went he went for twelve. He went uh six for eight free throws and three for three from field goal. So uh. I mean twelve, fine. But it's just <laughs> no I mean it's
1: okay. I'm just it was more of a joke than anything yeah. else, but the, it landed them a loss, you know.
2: It did land them a loss. It'll land them a long term, long term losing streak with Derek Williams on the bench anyways. I was so confused that they picked up Derek Williams <laughs> over
1: Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson's like the perfect benchmate to LeBron. If LeBron's hot, you know, yeah. just cool him down a little. <laughs> just
2: just blow on him a little just, bit. Just a little air. Oh, unbelievable that gives that's a terrible image for for all of the NBA but <laughs> we'll we'll continue to go into a couple of other games here um you know the warriors really can't get off our radar uh for this last week so the warriors play the thunder so this ends this is uh from 11 so this is just last night this ends up being a 131 14 win for the warriors. I guess the results don't surprise me, but I have to talk about this game a little bit just for kind of what it means. This is the this is the game where Kevin Durant goes back to OKC I believe for the first time. Yes. So he he goes back and really just kind of the Warriors just kind of murder <laughs> the, the Thunder and it's just I, like
1: I believe it was a healthy healthy stab i
2: but i tell you i tell you i figured out westbrook took it so
1: personally all game long yeah
2: i mean he's he goes for 47 and 11 Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it's stupid and he wears he wears that the craziest freaking Beeman jersey (laughs) (laughs) when when he when he walks into the stadium so
1: any given sunday yeah uh
2: but okay i i don't think OKC could do it here's here's why the two starters that they have I mean I'm gonna so they they have a lot of obviously they have strength from Westbrook, they have strength from Oladipo and Adams, but they're also they're rocking Roberson and Sabonis <laughs> as as starters as well. That is just not going to match up against Golden State. I don't see that happening. And Golden State Golden State played pretty well and they have players like Draymond Green only going for like six points in this game, yeah. and but Draymond, so here, here's a question. This might be a little bit longer conversation. The impact of Draymond on that team because he's not he's not necessarily putting up the numbers, but he is he is leading to, you know, to turn. Out, he is creating steals. He is rocking assists and rebounds. He's being an offensive production player, but not necessarily in the points column.
1: Well, there's a lot of storylines in this game specifically. Let me answer this Draymond thing first. Well, he has Kevin Durant. He has Clay Thompson. He has Steph Curry. Uh, of course. Of course. He has, you know, Ian Clark, and <laughs> amongst others in the, off the bench. He is not asked to score at all. And now they have Jamil, JaVale McGee to clean up all the messes and create his own messes. <laughs> so Draymond's actually just putting the pieces together. And doing all the little things. And actually probably being the smartest player on the court at all times. That's his role. Mm-hmm. And shouting out defensive sets. Mm-hmm. He's the best at it on that team. You mm-hmm. can see it whenever you watch. You, he's just—he's a madman on defense. Okay. I believe Draymond knows this. Doesn't need a score. Is there probably their leading assist man at this point? Which is crazy. Yeah. And he can penetrate you know, the paint easy. And it's just freeing up things for McGee, for Clay, for KD, for Curry. And do you want things free for KD and Curry as an opposition? No, you don't. You want to contain them. Mm-hmm. And Draymond breaks that out. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. because Draymond's going to dunk it if you leave him open. Draymond, yeah. you have to collapse on the person driving to the paint. Yeah, Curry's not the strongest person. You know, he's not the, you know, the strongest axe. You know, so that's not a good description, but he's not really that strong. He can't take a beating. Yeah. You can probably just collapse with one person, and Curry will dish it out. Yeah, Curry doesn't penetrate often. He usually shoots in from the back. Draymond's filling that role, you Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. KD was remarkable this game, but Curry and Thompson had really terrible first halves, and McGee, of all people, were just, like, saving them this first half. KD had... A bunch of hecklers all game. They called them coward with the or coward with the K yeah. and had KD in caps, and they had cupcake shirts. They lived up to this, you know. I actually really appreciated just how much hype was coming into this game. Yeah, it's an NBA Saturday on ABC, ESPN was hyping this as this big like rival. Yeah. What is what is Russell Westbrook going to do next against Zaza? Zaza said he's uh, he was you know he's going to have his revenge against Zaza, and Zaza didn't even play. And... <laughs> It was just f- fucking hysterical, because you know, then you had the JV, you know, the Jeff Van Gundy, the Mike Breen, and Mark Jackson talking about the hype of the rivalry, mm-hmm. and then you saw it on the court. You saw Rustbrook and KD not talking, and then jawing at each other, yeah. and then Bestbrook shoving KD, and you saw Robertson shoving KD, <laughs> and KD getting in Andre Robertson's face. This was insane. This was a game you have to watch if you're a fan of drama. If you're a fan of like if you want to watch this the, the episode after scandal, you watch this. You know? <laughs> how to get away how to get away with murder. The episode, the episode after
2: scandal. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable.
1: You know, how to get away with murder kind of gives you cliffhangers at the end of episodes episodes. This gives you a healthy resolve. <laughs> Just hold hold me back, right?
2: <laughs> Your
1: TV analogies
2: are on point this week. Well, it's on so. ABC. You gotta you gotta plug them in when you can. <laughs> hey, but this I mean that was that was definitely a fun game, and and it was
1: actually a lot closer than it looked. Yeah. Um because in the end of near the end of the third and post fourth, there was a comeback by Westbrook and Westbrook alone. Yeah, and he was going off. He hit like a three after a three. I think he had eleven turnovers in this game too. But he was going off. Mm-hmm. To the point where there was a timeout that was called, Katie was kind of looking at him a little shrug and that's a little smug kind of smirking at him. And Westbrook is like, I'm coming. (laughs) I'm coming. And then, you know, Katie responds by saying, you know, you're losing. But You're losing. E- but,
2: but even even if OKC doesn't win this game, it doesn't matter. E- yeah, it doesn't matter. You put on a great yes. performance for the fans in this game. The fans and, were
1: so hyped this game. Yeah, yeah and it that, was so fun to see.
2: And if you was this in this was in OKC, right? This was of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got to see a yeah. game in OKC before. Those fans are rabid. Yeah, yeah. So that would have been a lot of fun just to be in the stands, kind of doing that. Uh, the, the OKC, I, they usually have these white OKC shirts, mm-hmm. and they just go, just block out the entire stadium. It's it's amazing. Yeah, they block up cap- the sun with cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> they had white shirts, with cupcakes on. So, all right, hey Guy, we're gonna move on to a, just a few other quick mentions for games uh, this last week: Kings versus Warriors. Completely unexpected, but the Kings pull off. A, a victory 109 106. This is last, I believe this is last Sunday. Yeah. So we're recording Sunday 2 two twelve here. So we're going to, we're capturing an extra day of games this week. But uh, actually, we have an interesting schedule, anyways, because of the All Star game coming up. <laughs> yeah. So we only have a few days of decent games kind of looking ahead uh, before the All Star game hits. Right. Anyways, back to this game Kings versus Warriors. Not expected at all. I obviously was not predicting this from the beginning. Uh, you know obviously Boogie's production is one of the the assets for the kings in this game. he I believe he goes for 32 but he's not really getting that much support. he's he really isn't. I mean you have you have players like Aflalo and kufos and and other guys like that those guys I think they have like two or four or six points like that so I, I don't know I'll have to go back to the actual box but how do they win? How were they winning games? how are, How did they win this game in particular?
1: Yeah, so it was crazy. We had other people stepping up, like Ben McLemore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't do, know if I need to say anything more. How do you call that? You, we had you a. We can, have a, you Can't call that. You have a second-year player, Willie Cauley-Stein, finally getting his paychecks. Mm-hmm. Um, going for some massive dunks in this game. I remember seeing that, and um, Curry and Thompson had insane games. I think. Thompson, this past week of games, have av- his average like under a little bit under twenty eight points a game. What? And he's like, you know, he's going off on this game thirty five or something like that. Yeah. DeMarcus with his a cool 32, 12, and nine. Nine Whoa. assists. Wow. One assist short of a triple triple double. Yeah, you have these role players that are fucking scrubs. Mm-hmm. And DeMarcus is a one man team. Yeah. I mean because there are two weaknesses to Golden State. Do you know what they are?
2: They can't. Russell
1: Westbrook and Demarcus Cousins, <laughs> big dudes that can score it yeah. well in the paint. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna stretch say it out. Yeah, and drivers and reckless without abandon drivers. Yep. West, Russell Westbrook is that dude. Yeah. I still cannot pronounce his name for whatever reason. <laughs> and Demarcus Cousins and DMC. Yeah. It's remarkable how how obvious there are there are, the gaps there are in this team. Zaza kind of fills that hole in a way, Ooh, the graphic of filling a hole by Zaza, but um, <laughs> he's also kind of a sieve on offense, right, you, don't, yeah. you can't go through him at all, and that's why Javiel McGee has been a kind of a nice blessing
2: but Zaza. Blessings, McGee. <laughs> that is the title of the episode. Blessings, McGee. Thank you for that. I, so you you talked about Stein. You, you talked about Willie Colley Stein. Uh, Tolliver and Barnes also kind of led to some production, but yeah, yeah. I addressing both of those players by name just kind of wrecks my day. So I, I'm re- really disappointed I even had to say that. So, <laughs> You know, the, the thing is, obviously, that, that the starters the starters account for most of the production in this game for for Golden State. Yeah. The only player of significance from the Golden State bench in this game is Sean Livingston, I presume. Yeah, and that's another—I wouldn't say red flag because they get some
1: production out of their bench occasionally. But um, you're looking at the bigs off the bench, and it's Kevin Looney, Kevon I'm sorry. Kevlon. Kevon, Kevon. Kevlon Kia <laughs> Looney. And Jev, and J, what is his name? James McAdoo? Yeah. Those dudes don't do anything for you. Yeah. And so they're a little weak up front. And Curry can't contain those those wrestles and those James Hardens. And so those are the weak points. Those are the chinks in their armor. And this team is the best team you've ever seen offensively in the history of the league. Yeah. And they have flaws and you see DeMarcus Cousins taking advantage of it and this game is this could be, you know, their undoing if teams in the Western Conference, you know, finals and the playoffs see this game and dissect this game. Yeah. They can probably run around this. I'm I'm sure
2: they could. James McAdoo, what can I do for you? (laughs) What can Uh, I do? What can James McAdoo do for you? Hey, we're single new UPS sir. Yeah, uh, new UPS employee. We're single handedly either going to get him a UPS sponsorship, (laughs) or we're we're going to get him an insurance contract somewhere.
1: (laughs) We just enable players to do what they need to do in their lives.
2: (laughs) All right. So one other quick game as we wrap up our games this week is. you want to talk a little bit about this Celtics-Clippers game and just yeah. kind of what this means?
1: Yeah, I think it was more just, like, fan service uh, more than an actual game of basketball because <laughs> it wasn't really close as as it, close as it looked. Um, the fourth quarter was an obvious um, answer by the Clippers, but it was a sure beatdown by the Clipper, by the Celtics. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas goes off for, like, 28, 30 points as usual. Um, maybe, like, seven or eight people are on double figures. No one other than Blake Griffin scored, like, 10, more than 15 points for the Clippers. So I think they had a total of like 35 points from their starters. And, you know, that's Ugh. because they have Raymond Felton starting. They have J.J. Redick being an asshole.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worrying about his podcast more than his, sh- his actual game.
2: His, his podcast numbers are better than his actual numbers. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Go straight to the media, Redick. Get off the court.
1: <laughs> but the real story was just Paul Pierce in Boston for the final time. He started in place of Luke Mahabuteh. <laughs> and he um, didn't score in like the first four minutes. They took him out, obviously, in the last fifteen is, seconds of but, the game. But
2: this is the farewell tour. This, this is, the is tour. this is the farewell tour. So you got you got to rock the shirt. You
1: gotta you gotta let him sing one more time. Yeah, yeah. He kissed the you know, the emblem on the center court and everything. It was fun to see that. At least he was teary eyed during their little uh, intro to him. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they brought him back in for you know fifteen twenty seconds, and Isaiah Thomas played this really like loose D on him and. Paul Pierce got that last three in Boston and it was really fun to see because just from a fan point of view, yeah. not that we're fans of Paul Pierce necessarily, but just like what he meant to the NBA. Sure. It was fun yeah. to kind of send he him has, off.
2: He has a legacy. He has yeah. a legacy in the league, whether you like him or not, <laughs> that <he laughs> deserves to at least get the, pro- get the proper send off. Also, he's one of the first players that could go straight from... From the game straight to the office to get his ARP card. I mean, he's just—he is incredibly old. Needs to leave the court, yes. but he needs the the appropriate send off to, throughout the rest of the season. All right, Guy, we're gonna we're gonna transfer over to some highs and lows for this last week. You know, a couple of big stats over the last week. This. This Draymond Green triple double without points. This is crazy. This is a conversation on its own. Yeah. He goes four points, ten assists, twelve boards, ten steals. Ten steals. Who does who goes for 10 steals in one game? Draymond. Draymond Green. That's it. So and five blocks. So if we dissect this though,
1: it looks like he might be stat padding on things like the 10 assists and 12 rebounds. You watch that fucking game? Yeah. They needed that shit to beat Memphis. Mm-hmm. Kinda crazy. Um, this game turned out to be a blowout, but for a while there, it was kind of close. Yeah, ten steals. Dr- Draymond Green, look at the turnovers. It's like Marc Gasol with six. You know, Zach Randolph with three. Yeah, and those are like because Draymond stole it from them. Yeah, he was going after it, and it was hilarious to watch. Like, and yeah. and a f- and fun. To and watch. It's
2: fun to watch. So, all right. So StatGod helped us with this next stat. This is uh, this is Isaiah Thomas scoring. He's scored now. Scored at least twenty. 20- 20 points in 38 straight games. What I mean, the the dude is unstoppable and we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we get into some NBA news for the week. So So I mean, it's a second
1: longest streak in Celtics history, basically saying in a couple in a couple of games, he's going to be the most, you know, most prolific the prolific scorer. Most prolific
2: sh- scorer for a you know, a league with a dynasty. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, also, just kind of highs and lows from a team basis, Philly, <laughs> I, I thought this was awesome that a lot of great, great teams cannot stop Miami at the moment. Right. And who brought them down? Philly. Without Embiid. I, I, it just it blows my mind it's like a fucking mystery of the universe right there how, so. how that's that's happening but basically Miami has put themselves within I believe a game or two of the AFC at this point with Isn't that, that insane I we can't predict this we definitely can't predict this. I wonder I mean
1: maybe this is a three-man topic but we'll just talk about it right now um, should they be
2: winning <laughs> Like it's- I, I, I don't. I don't think they should be winning. I. I think they need. I think they need to bottom out to kind of reset their lineup. Yeah. But this is good for but them. If, but if they're winning, if they're winning, they're going to keep their fans around because the way that they were playing before, they were going to lose a significant fan base. Yeah. Just because it's like, hey, I'm used to watching. I'm used to watching you win championships, and now you're playing like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So not good. <laughs> not good at all. I think they. I think they should be losing. But if if Dijon Waiters can bring them to victory, let it let it happen, let it happen. Yeah. All right, uh, a couple of other stats uh, from our highs and lows here. I mean, Westbrook is on fire. We talked about him already. Cat has been playing really well. He's been playing ball, at least offensively. He's been going like 32
1: points a game, 60% from the field. And what's so amazing about all this
2: is he's not chucking anymore. No, you saw
1: in the beginning of the year he was yeah. chalking threes, and I was no. like, this is not what he should be doing. No,
2: he's a a garbage man kind of picking it up and just dipping it right back in, man. It's, that's been fun to see. Also, his play against Anthony Davis this week where he does this like reverse slam around Anthony Davis. Oh, it was One of my favorite plays. He He had a killer first quarter. That
1: game was abysmal to watch but that first quarter was like Timberwolves at their best. Yeah. And then they just tanked it for the rest of the game and it was really annoying to watch. But, him versus versus davis was fun it's yeah. like the same kind of player going the at each other same kind
2: of players from from not mono yeah, like they're both from kentucky both and everything kentucky. hey that that got a question that we're going to pose on the three men we have are three or four people however many people come back we're going to we're going to pose this we're going to pose this again and we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to talk about if we comprised nba teams of from from schools. colleges from specific schools what happens and what that what that situation looks like, so that that's going to come up in a, in in another episode. Yeah. So as we wrap up, some kind of the highs and lows. John Wall is killing it in the assist uh, department, almost thirteen assists in the last four games this week, and boy, uh, blocks blocks. Anthony Davis is going over three blocks per game, Jesus. three and a half blocks. I mean that that is crushing it from the blocks yeah, yeah. department. So but we need to continue to move on in this episode. So, hey, one of my favorites, one of my favorites, I know one of your favorites, and welcome to the O Man's Lounge. Oh man, oh man, oh man,
3: one more time,
2: oh man. taking on me, I need Oh man. Welcome to the Old Man's Lounge. An incredible week of basketball, but not everybody had the opportunity to say that this week. So, a couple of highlights of of players who visited the Old Man's Lounge this week.
1: Boris Akandia. <laughs>
2: Can we get some auto-tune in here? (laughs) Senegal bot, hit
1: us up. Retweet. (laughs) 11 minutes, no points, no anything. Barely legal, negative 18. Let's go. (laughs) Noah Vonley, you know you're trash when you score 23 minutes and zero anything. Iman Shumpert, man, you broke your ankles. But prior to that, you had 24 minutes and did nothing with those ankles. Might as well have broken
2: those ankles. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has basically almost secured a... A weekly pass to visit the lot. Did did we give him like a coupon to come visit us or something? You know, like because he keeps coming back.
1: You know, in elementary school, you got that ten-minute hall pass. (laughs) He can just hang out for like. He gets a free drink every now and then. We get
2: we get we give him a twenty-minute hall pass because that's what he does. That's what he needs because he's he's only playing about twenty minutes a game right now. So, oh, just garbage. Hey, what?
1: Yeah, Brandon Rush with the Yoohoo on the rocks. Twenty-one minutes. jack shit get off my team brandon rush
2: <laughs> a yoo-hoo on the rocks <laughs> incredible the, the the pictures are just are coming in my mind hey what there's there's one guy though that really oh, yeah. shouldn't have been here that and that's that's kelly ubright jr like he's playing pretty well yeah however he plays he plays a game this week goes for almost 33 minutes has 0 points but he he does have a couple of rebounds and a steal. He, like he's still playing some offensive ball, but you got to score, man. Yeah. You got to score. Otherwise, you're going to visit us again on the old man's lounge. Yeah, if you don't score, you're just going to end up like Paul Zipser.
1: <laughs> and he's apparently and a player in the NBA.
2: <laughs> Paul Zipser sounds like he's he like came from the back of a like he was lost. Yes. And, and he was on the back of a milk carton. Oh, yeah. So hey, hey, if you find Paul Zipser, call us at Hold <laughs> on. Nobody drinks milk. We're dairy free around here, yes. so <laughs> that's not good. We'll never find Paul Zipser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bring those bring those milk back. <laughs> bring, bring, bring that
2: milk back. <laughs> Alright. We're we're gonna move oh, from our so good. we're gonna move from our highs and lows to our insane plays of the week. So these are five of our favorite plays of the week.
1: Hondo, I gotta ask you, man, who wore it better, right? Okay. We got this new dude, um, Rodney Magruder. Apparently he plays for Miami. Yep. He went up for a dunk and he got sat on. Yes. By Brooke Lopez. Yes. That who wore it better? Like who wore Lopez better? Yeah. Or Plumlee getting completely Faced by Griffin, uh,
2: I I did go back and I watched this watch this specific play, and Brook Lopez just crushed Magruder, and I mean that that is that has to be my pick yeah. this last week. However, however, let me state this that that this is one of my favorite plays of the week. I from from Blake Blake Griffin dunking over Plumlee in this game. Plumlee did not stand a chance in this game. Also, also, I proposed this scenario where th- the other brothers Plumlee could have entered this game and Blake would still have dunked over them the as well. The other
1: brothers Plumlee.
2: <laughs> you know what's funny? He got dunked on so hard. He got traded.
1: Because
2: <laughs> he got
3: traded.
2: <laughs> One play changed the whole thing. So, all right. So there's a couple of other plays. You know, we already talked about this, uh, about Love's Pass and... and James's turnaround jumper. I mean, we we've talked about that. We'll continue to talk about that for episodes to come. Yep. But hey, Willie Cauley Stein oh, has an insane dunk in this game. This is over Amir Johnson. He he gets thrown an alley oop in this game and just crushes it in the paint. So like superhero mode. I mean, it's it's a Giannis style dunk yeah, from, yeah. from Wally <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein. From, yeah, from WCS man, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, this is Darren Collison. Darren Collison is playing uh, Atlanta. Just I believe this is on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. he somehow maneuvers over a couple of Atlanta defenders and throws up the, this thing off the glass. It does not even look like this ball is going in. Yeah. But he sec- basically secures the win for Sacramento.
1: Yo. And then one of my favorite plays this week was this Montrezl-Harrell,
2: Space Jam. Goddamn. Right. <laughs> He is throwing it down, and I I know that people have argued with me about this, but Harold can Harold can jump, man. Harold can jump, and I I think he he could be in the dunk contest if he wanted to be. I think he could. Wow, I think he could. Wow, but wow. but that's that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. All right, so we gotta we gotta move to obviously from the pine. So we're we're doing a little give and go this week as the other guys are sitting out, but. Where do we start this week on on the give and go?
1: There's so much news that happened around the NBA this week. Mm-hmm. I think the games were just embodied the essence of the NBA and why we're fans of the NBA. You know, we got a Lance Stevenson coming back from the fucking D-League and random shit like that. But we have another former player, you know, like Charles Oakley and then Latrell Sprewell and all these other people coming into the stands and showing support of the NBA. I just feel like the Knicks are such a, we should not be wasting our time talking about the Knicks, mm-hmm. but they did something dirty this week, and yeah, they're trying to like basically
2: um, deflect the attention off of them. Oh god! And, and it's just like they've they've created so much attention to them for so many negative reasons, yeah. and they they just piled it on again this yeah. week. I feel like this was
1: a plant for some reason. This this happened on purpose. Charles Oakley was admitted into the. To the game, they had an actual issue with him in the past, James Dolan and Charles Oakley. For whatever reason he was allowed in the game, he should always be allowed in the game, anyways. Mm-hmm. He sat next to Jim's, James Dolan, and there was some like outcry, some you yeah. know, heated words were exchanged. And who you know, he said she said bullshit that was happening, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I care enough to talk about it. It's a shame. It's embarrassing. No, I, no, it's yeah. a negative light to the NBA and its players. Like yeah. how you want to respect your former teammate, your former team. Yeah,
2: and and I th- I think Charles Barkley kind of said it best. This is a yeah. negative. This is a negative light on the NBA overall. Yeah. They're out. We're out there. We're out there. They're out there, kind of producing this product, and it just reflects poorly when you just have these conditions. And I think it raises this this question that that we talked about kind of pre episode of. You just, having a team turn on its own players, regardless of the situation, is just not good. It's just, it's not good for sports. It's not good for kind of legacy, for for people who have been fans forever. I saw these tweets about, he's like, I saw this guy saying, I've been a Knicks fan for 47 years. And because of the incidents of this week, I am no longer a fan. That is devastating. Right. That is de- like, Regardless of the sport, that is devastating to have a fan who has established such loyalty to your team just lose them over one incident, which you could have prevented by yes. simply having this conversation outside, outside of the stadium. And like, Not in the public it, eye. It, it heated, you know. It still could have been a heated exchange, and it still could have kind of warranted a ban of some of, you know, of some rationale from Dolan to Oakley, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been kind of the <laughs> the public display that yeah it was. the the public display it, like basically the art what's the the incident at the in Detroit uh, the the uh, ma- malice at the palace yeah the malice at the palace test and and it's and like hey we're gonna take talks. our own players and we're gonna have our own kind of malice and yeah seriously oh
1: dear god it's really embarrassing and like you know I'm really I'm I'm really ashamed that you know this fan of his uh, of that we just mentioned you know decided to unfollow the Knicks You basically like look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Should all fans just boycott this team until it's fixed, until it's remedied? Is this like a Donald Sterling thing where there's like some really, you know, James Dolan is kind of a ridiculous head case to be an owner of a team. Mm -hmm. Like he was gifted billions of dollars here, the son of, you know, Mr. Dolan. Yeah. Here's the team. Here's millions of dollars. Yeah. Do what you want. And he's been basically taking this team into the mud every year since. Yeah, He's ownership. I don't know.
2: You you raise an interesting point. Should should fans boycott the team? I I don't I don't know if they should boycott it. I don't know if it calls for an outright Donald Sterling boycott. Like what he did, what he did was just racist and un uncalled for. Yeah. But what you know, what Dolan has done is created created this this franchise in which you basically. You're not, you're not getting the entertainment product that you want. So I don't think people should necessarily boycott it, but I think that people will walk away when it's just consistently the same results. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we need to get better. We need to figure out something. It's just like, but have these... You know you know the the whole thing about this the whole thing about the Knicks franchise right now is not that the fact that, that they don't have great players and they have capable management even but it's it's the fact that their communication is fucking abysmal and it's just it all stems back to communication whether it's whether it's communication with with Anthony whether it's communication with uh, um, with, with with Phil Jackson whether it's communication with Dolan. I mean, it, it all stems back to communication and just having a dialogue and getting your fucking PR people involved in Seriously. this because it's just obviously everything that goes off the cuff in New York just blows up 10 times what it probably would in some other markets because New York is already known for this. Mm-hmm. New York is already known as kind of the epicenter. So you're going to be more scrutinized because this is one of the storied franchise franchises in the league. You know, New York, L.A., Chicago, Boston. Like, if you're in those cities, you're subject to scrutiny, and you need to be able to step up. But if you go off the rails, dear God, watch it implode immediately. Yeah. You
1: send one tweet. That one tweet is heard by millions of people. It's not just for you. you Yeah. So, Mind your P's and Q's.
2: You send a a tweet on the Magic. I don't even know if people... I don't even know if Magic fans pick that up, so... (laughs) But... Anyways, so we we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I I really hope that this scenario doesn't play out in other franchises because I just I don't want it I don't want to see it happen. I want to respect the legacy of players from the past. Right. If they have if they have troubles, you know, the NBA and silver and everybody help, you know, get them the help that they need. Yeah. Um, but I I think it was I was really pissed about Dolan's comment about like yes. him having mental issues, and it's just like you don't you don't even know like yeah. you don't know that, like that his that is his internal battle that that he's probably probably has to deal with, and if he needs help he's got he's got to take that own action. But you're saying something on his behalf, which may or may not be true.
1: I feel for all the international players on the team right now. I feel like for Przingis and cazmigasis and <laughs> and all those other Mingazingus. but <laughs> that was bad but um are they like a free agent destination now like that's not attractive it's not where a a, a yeah. could attract other people now because no. the situation is so dire your star player is getting treated like shit yeah. are you going to be your next star player that yeah. be treated like shit no like,
2: they they're like the first battalion they're like <laughs> send yeah. send in the infantry you're going to get slaughtered yeah. i mean that what a terrible, terrible place. Yeah, as to play as a destination. I mean, they they need a shakeup, but they need to they need to develop a strategy. Okay. I, I feel like Phil should have been capable of, of making this strategy by now, and he hasn't done it. No, and it's just like you have Anthony at the anchor, and it's you know. I but I think this is hard actually for any franchise when you're when you're f- f- like franchise player is just not living up to expectations. I I think that sets off this chain reaction kind of throughout. And it's just like in order to change everything, we need to change it from the top and kind of scrap it all out and try again.
1: Those that see it early,
2: you know.
1: But they get paid rewards. Yeah, it's a it's a weird light in Phil Jackson's legacy too, but enough Nick talk because I think this is kind of disgusting Uh, to talk about.
2: Can we can we talk about a little bit lighter thing? And that's I actually had this question. I I don't know the answer to this. Is there still a dress code? Is there still a dress code in the NBA? No. Because I was watching. I was watching uh, Westbrook wear that Beeman jersey, yeah. in, and I'm like, he's wearing, he's wearing like a jersey and like shorts. <laughs> And like a wristband or something, yeah. I'm just like, what? What is this? Steve,
1: Steven Adams was wearing shorts, and a, he was wearing. He, he brought in a sandwich and a little sandwich <laughs> baggie, <laughs> and he was wearing flip flops. And it's just like that's part of it, man. It's like it's part of that thing now. No, they've gotten rid of this, the dress code in terms of uh, in arena pres- presence. Unless you're on the injured list, then I think you have to wear a suit oh, okay. on the bench. On the bench, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. But I was just like. Oh, I'm kind of shocked here. Right, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like <laughs> we're just getting like the uh, the players on the bench who aren't getting enough publicity. They're just going to rock their sponsor shirts on the way in now. Sure. Sure. It's unbelievable. Right. So, gosh, I'm I'm glad you cleared that up for me. So so <laughs> ne- so now I can at least understand. I'm like that doesn't look like a suit. <laughs> that, that doesn't look like a suit. It's here.
1: crazy, right? Like all of a sudden, like NBA All Star has this fashion division. Did you know that? No, All Star. No weekend has a fashion division and like James Harden and Carmelo Anthony lead this thing and then they like battle it out with their fashion lines
2: (laughs) yeah it's everything for a buck everything for a buck everything for a buck buck around here so all right hey one other topic uh from the pine this week and this is uh, we were getting a lot into this and we'll talk about this just for a few minutes this was we're talking about well celebrations well,
1: okay. We're talking about celebrations in general and how it's it's beloved in the N- N- NBA. Yeah, and it's kind of frowned upon in NFL and everything. Sure. But then it's kind of like okay, a celebration is created. It's the Chef Curry, you know. It's yeah. The, uh, or Chef Harden, sorry. Chef Harden. It's the West Matthews uh, arrow. <laughs> it's the stomp, the curb stomp by LeBron James. You know. <laughs> it's the three goggles by whoever the fuck wants to do three goggles. <laughs> but we have a really cool one, you know, Reggie Miller kind of did this with Miller time. Yeah. When he would bang a three, he would like point to his wrist every occasionally. Yeah. It's been brought back initially by Damian Lillard. Yeah. And he was like, it's Lillard time. Yeah. He's just fourth po- quarter po- Lillard point, time. pointing at his watch. Yeah, John Wall's been throwing it down now. He's wearing number two. He's been beasting in the games, but it's not necessarily like John Wall time in the fourth quarter. So it's interesting that he's doing it. Sure. But Isaiah Thomas, who is now coined king of the fourth quarter who is scoring Ooh. the most fourth quarter points in league history? Sure, little dude wearing number four. Ah,
2: also doing the doing doing the time doing the time. All right, so so if the, you were to pick, the question is who 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 Lillard can, started it. Who can run the time? Yeah, who, who can run the time? Ah. The two thought time. I'm gonna so I'm immediately gonna throw John Wall out of this conversation. I. I think he's a great player, but I do not think he deserves this celebration. Mm-hmm. If, if we're talking about the time and talking about a player who lives on crunch time, mm-hmm. I am going with Isaiah Thomas. He is a, the king of the fourth quarter of this year. Much respect, much respect for, for Lillard yeah. the, as kind of the, the guy who brought it back from yes. Reggie Miller, yeah. but I, Isaiah Thomas is owning it. That's, that's, that's why I think. I
1: agree. You know, maybe it would be more you know, uh, fun to talk about or listen to if it was. I oppose that, but I agree with you. I think Lillard did it. Like his team isn't necessarily relevant this year, and that's probably another reason why I'm kind of pulling for it's, uh, Thomas.
2: It's time for the 2018 season. <laughs> so seriously.
1: <laughs> seriously, and maybe they even did it. You know, more so with this trade that they threw in there with uh, Nurkic.
2: Sure. All right, Geek. So we're going to wrap up our comments from the pine and move on to a little bit of league activity. There's a couple of things kind of going down, going down this week that we need to get into. Uh, first off, the players of the week. I, Isaiah Thomas.
0: Isaiah know? Thomas and,
2: and Steph Curry. Uh, so they were, they were picked as players of the week for 2-6. Awesome, awesome. So that is very cool. A uh, little bit of player information. We're getting very close to the to the trade deadline, so we're going to have a lot of activity we're going to share in our next episode. Yes. Uh, but there is a trade that looks like it just went down. So Portland is sending Mason Plumlee in their 2018 second-round pick for – Yusuf Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic, and, a, and a, 2000 first, a 2017 first rounder,
1: which means okay. Portland has three first rounders in this stacked motherfucking draft. That this is a good draft to have. This that. is a good one. And Yusuf Nurkic, oh my god, Yusuf Nurkic, yeah, is actually a hell of a player, but he has kind of a weird motor, and he has a bit of an attitude issue sure. uh, that's kind of weighing heavily on him. And also, he was relegated to the bench for Nikola Jokic, and so he's like. You know, pouting on the bench, wanting to be traded. He sure. got traded to a pretty cool situation for him. Yeah. Where they're rebuilding and they need a big dude. Yeah. And he's like the white, you know, European shack here. Like he's big. He's hysterical. <laughs> down low. Yeah. You know, he's really strong down low. Sure. And he has a lot of defensive uh, capabilities and potential. So, this is a great move for Portland. I think Portland fleeced Denver. Yeah. But if you look at it on the flip side, Denver's looking for playoffs. Yeah, Denver now has Mason Plumlee, the best of the Plumleys, if we can say there's no other Plumlee. (laughs) The best, the best
2: of the Plumleys.
1: (laughs) Plumlee by any other name is what you said. Yeah, I I feel like um, (laughs) this is a sick move for Denver because it's a win now thing for them to get in the postseason with all these little assets that you know maybe they can move a couple other pieces and figure that out. But um, but they can
2: also, I mean, that second round pick is also that second round pick for denver is also a way to that's potential trade bait for something else to oh, come definitely f- for denver as well um i have a, just a one quick question in terms of in terms of portland are they you think they'll actually draft all three first rounders or are they going to do some sort of swapping i think so i think um you know it's hard for me to really
1: understand it now on the fly i believe they're definitely going to package those three first rounders for a, p- a pick or so it's it might be easier to move in the draft than you think, and when you have all these, you know, first rounders that are maybe some people might sleep on other people and they they'll fall in the draft. Yeah, those are good picks right there. Those are amazing assets. Yeah, and they, those might be insane valued picks to trade off for something like yeah, you know,
2: for someone that might actually really help that team defensively. Yeah. Um, when we'll we'll get into speculation on who they might bring into in a future episode, yeah. but I just I I was just thinking that. Hey, if I'm if I'm Portland, I may keep one of my first rounders, but I may package two of them for a larger for a better pick, either to move up for a yeah. really great pick or to actually trade for a veteran player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but more speculation on that to come.
1: I think Jalil Okafor is on the block right now too, and amongst others, it's going to be a very interesting you know week. But by the time we release our next episode, we'll have some more answers. Yeah.
2: All right. So one very disappointing thing from this last week yeah. is Jabari Parker is out with a torn ACL uh, for the rest of the season. You know what? That sucks. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. The Bucks are really they're struggling now. I mean, they were they were really fun to watch, and it was it was fun to watch Greek Freak as he turned it up, you know, to make the All Star game. But boy, they are slowing down. I I, I still think they have. They have pieces which which make them interesting, but they, they are slowing down and losing a crucial piece like yeah. Jabari Parker is not great. Looks like so it looks like what Thonmaker is going to be subbing for him for the rest of the season here.
1: Definitely. Um in lighter news, the Cisco's song, Let Me See That, the Thong song. Yeah. <laughs> has a little bit more meaning now. <laughs>
2: let me see that Thon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways,
1: uh that was a joke, but um, it's really sad to see this because it's the exact same ACL he tore uh again. And so there's been very few cases where a double tear has amounted into a successful NBA career. Yeah. Um and it's also very rare that has ever happened, but I feel for the dude. I hope I hope nothing but the best for him, but um yeah, maybe they should consider the process right now and maybe not go yeah. for that eighth seed. Gosh. Get another get another asset from the draft. But they have Chris Middleton coming back and Michael Beasley. So they have a lot of offense. Yeah. And they're still as tall as ever. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. Without Parker, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lose-lose in the playoffs, you know?
2: Of course. All right. So just a little bit of other NBA news here. So the Bucks. I, I just saw this week that the Bucks have received rights for an NBA D League team, so this team will be based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And one of the one of the cool things about the D League, though, is just the proximity to what their farm teams actually have. So, yeah. so they're I mean they're close. So I. He, I've heard rumors and I don't it's probably just a rumor at this point of like like Minnesota. They're proposing a potential Rochester team. So sure. Rochester being only 90 minutes from Minneapolis, that makes kind of recalling players and bringing them up to the league very easy. So you can kind of send people up, bring them down. I guess you know that's kind of a minor story with that, but basically there there is a bigger story brewing here and that's 25 teams now have D League D League affiliates, exclusive D League affiliates, but there are a couple of teams which are holding out, which I I found kind of interesting in doing research for this episode. Holding out, wow. Well, they don't have they don't do not have an exclusive affiliate, so. The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and Wizards—that's crazy. Those are all five teams that I would hope that would have D League teams. Well, I I, I think the the Nuggets definitely need it. The Clippers definitely need it. The Pelicans should have had it years ago. Right. The Blazers absolutely need it. I guess the Wizards could get by for a little bit without having an exclusive team, but I think all teams should have it. Yeah, there's. There's 25 other teams which already have it. Figure out your deals. Like, this is not that big a thing. It's just managing this other franchise. Like, it's a business operations problem. For sure. So just figure it out. Get to it. Man... Blazers absolutely need that, especially as they're rebuilding next year. There's so, an Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> there is in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: watching the D League game in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, will guarantee you some of the most heavy drinkers and all in all of all of professional or semi-professional basketball. So i i can't I can't wait if the opportunity arises to go see a game there. <laughs> all right, so a little bit a little bit of lighter news this week. Big Three action is still running.
1: We got all your news right here.
2: <laughs> so, us in, what what's happening on kind of the the Big Three front?
1: Five NBA former NBA players have entered the NBA Big Three draft. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's a draft now.
2: Uh, of course, there's a draft. I mean, it's got to follow standard NBA protocol. So, who who's who's up for us? I, I, Kenny I
1: Anderson, Smush Parker, Eaton Thomas, Eaton Thomas, Ethan Thomas, <laughs> Ethan Thomas. Reuben Patterson, Jamario Moon. I can't believe I just named those players <laughs> off of images. You, you know them all. You know, I them, know all. them all. I, I, I caught them all. And you know what's hilarious? <laughs> Al Harrington reunites with Kenyon Martin to form their own <laughs> big three team called Trilogy. <laughs> They're so...
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable, right? Uh boy, they're the NBA implemented something this last week. They're basically implementing a new social media strategy mm-hmm. where 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 teams cannot criticize one another for some reason. And I watched probably one of the funniest tweet series unfold between Sacramento and, and Atlanta. Atlanta. Just like they're basically just applauding each other's efforts yeah. the the whole time yeah, yeah. and just like,
1: oh, it was the best back and forth uh, I've ever seen
2: where we'll probably retweet a couple of posts from that because there's there's a couple that are just money
1: as as hilarious as that is. DeMarcus Cousins has inactivated his Twitter and his Instagram accounts. <laughs> so he's no longer subject to this shit.
2: Yeah. So. All right. You have a little bit of news from Joel Embiid, even though he's out. What's.
1: Oh, he's out. He's outside. He's out, he's out hanging out with Meek Mill at a Philadelphia concert. <laughs> he's hanging out. <laughs> I would say... I front would say. stage with his shirt off, <laughs> dabbing. He's injured, by the way. He's injured. So. Friday night, they had a game that night.
2: What? And he's dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> and his motherfucking dabbing. he's dabbing <laughs>
1: <laughs> to, to an irrelevant meek mill like I don't understand that one but anyways
2: oh he's he's getting amped up on meek Mill but he just yeah. needs he needs to get uh needs to get healthy i I prefer that he's kind of rocking a little bit slower tempo music and not uh <laughs> not running those joints too hard well you know and beat
1: is still only 21 21
2: 21 at a meek mill concert. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to from lighter news to next week, in, next week in ball. So for next week in ball, we're going to pick our game of the week, our games of note, worst games, and, and always the obscure game of the week. Holy crap. So our RTP game of the week is the Thunder versus the Wizards. What a this game. This is occurring tomorrow night. I think this should be a very, very fun game. OKC is definitely in this thing. The Wizards, you know, I would favor the Wizards at this point, but uh, we gotta kind of see how it plays out. It it it's going to come down. I think it's gonna come down to two players. It's gonna come down to Westbrook and it's gonna come down to Beale. Like I I'm I would I would I that. would say that the I mean wall is obviously a factor, but from a from a sheer output perspective, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal will either make you or, or sink you versus versus OKC in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So we will recap that game next week. A couple of games to note, and this is this is a shortened week, so we're recording 2-12-2017. So we only have from Sunday to Thursday, and then the All-Star game is going to take Friday and Saturday. We got a game coming back next Sunday, but we'll talk about that in our next, uh, yeah, yeah. next series. Yeah. So a, a couple of quick games. We're looking forward to this game. This is Cavs, T-Wolves. That's always a fun game to kind of get into, just kind of see what happens. And it's 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 a good building game for the T-Wolves to uh, kind of show off some of their skills and hopefully uh, hopefully take on the Cavs. It'll be Tuesday. It'll be Valentine's Day. There'll be no love on... It'll be a Valentine's Day massacre, but it will be... And there'll be no love on Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> Day. Kevin Love is sitting out this game. <laughs> I was like... Okay, he know, he knows where he's going <laughs> yeah, he yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. to the, the Kings versus the the Kings versus the Warriors. this is kind of a rematch after that that OT win by the Kings. That's on the 15th. He takes on Houston on the 15th. I found that as a potentially interesting game. I don't know if it will be, but I'm calling it a game of note. And I'm calling this one Celtics versus Bulls on 216. Know, a poten- potential game of note just because the sheer physicality of the other games that I've watched between these two teams. Sure, sure. So they that, hate each other, that's for sure. That could be kind of fun. Our worst games, our public service announcement, the Pelicans are taking on the Suns on 213. Stay away from that game. Oh, the Bucs are taking on the Nets 215. Oh my that God, is a, stay away. That is a terrible game. That is a potential candidate for worst game of the year. Yeah. Lakers and Suns don't care at all. That's on the 15th. Stay away from that. All right, I'm going to take you to a brand new league for my obscure game of the week. This is, we're going to the Tobacco Road League. There are only six six teams in this league. This is in North Carolina. Okay. I believe that you could play at a, a YMCA as a part of this league, sure, but... Yeah. The Kerry Invasion are going to take on the All-American Ballers. So all the... this is, it'll be a fun one. It'll be a fun one. M- make sure to, uh, to get your tickets and <laughs> have a chance to play at Open Gym before the game starts. So, <laughs> 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 all right. So this is going to wrap up episode 24 of Riding the Pine. Glad you joined us this week. We'll be back at Thoughts on the All-Star Game, Thoughts on the Weekend Basketball. I think we're gonna have a few guys back for next week, probably Stack and MTG, so should be good. All right, so so please follow us on Twitter at Ryden underscore the Pine at Gie Dota at How Three at Vex Intellects. If you are in Seattle, please join us. Please join us for N- our NBA Thursday Meetup. We'll be uh, we'll be starting again on the the 23rd of February, and we'll have our details posted on Meetup.com. Also, if you're interested in joining us for the All-Star Game, we'll, we'll be watching the game uh, next Saturday for the All-Star Game extravaganza. So stay with us. Gabe. do you have any, any kind of parting thoughts, on us for, uh, parting thoughts for us on the, uh, on the quote this week? Chandler, the bachelor, Parsons,
1: gives us a golden, golden nugget, man. He tweets at himself, at Char- Chandler Parsons, dear basketball, please go in the hoop, babe.
2: Best. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: This has been a Bencast Studios production.
3: Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...